We're going to talk about something in the episode that's going to upset you. Shall we begin? I need to put this knife away. (laughs) Okay. I just want everyone to know that before we started recording this episode, John of Zero Credits threatened my life. And he said that he was going to do something in this podcast that I don't like. And then he said he had a knife. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry, and John just passed me a note that says... Do the podcast like normal, you idiot. That's right, and my name's John, or as you might call me, Wine John. And together we're Henry with a note and Wine John, coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of the cultural zeitgeist. Uh, John, you've decided to take over the podcast and hold me hostage. Do you wish to comment more on that? Yes, but after we talk about what we're drinking, I'm drinking wine, if that wasn't abundantly clear. All right, this week I've got a little surprise. The sound of a can. And the taste of the vague hint of grapefruit. That's right, I'm drinking truly grapefruit hard seltzer. Ah, now that's from your recent birthday. You are correct, sir. I, Henry from Zero Credits, recently turned the ripe age of 30. And to celebrate, I invaded John's house and we used his outdoor projector to watch Mad Max and get really tossed on truly hard seltzer. It's 5% alcohol by volume. It contains alcohol. It's a hard seltzer with natural flavors, 12 fluid ounces, 355 milliliters. That's right, truly, and any hard seltzer, a healthy alternative to beer. Because what's healthier than something with alcohol and also sugar alcohols to mimic the taste of sugar and pretty much nothing else? It's only got one gram of sugar in it. Yeah, because it's got sugar alcohols in it that your body can't digest, which is why if you get really drunk on seltzers, your stomach turns inside out and you poop yourself to death. Well, fuck. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got the same stuff in it those gummy bears that make people poop have. Oh, so seltzers aren't good for you? I mean, they're as good as anything with alcohol in it, but you know what? They can't hold a candle to a nice mm, swirling, 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 mm, a nice, a nice, uh, a nice uh, vino de chardonnay. Mm. Is this what I wasn't uh, going to like? Ah, I taste hints of... No, that's later. I taste hints of, um... Apples. I taste the... The fruit of the Baru nut. Mmm, delicious. How are the legs? 
Uh, here's you want to hear some real shit about wine legs? Yeah, they have no uh, bearing on its quality whatsoever. They're just for showing alcohol content. Is it fruit forward? Uh, definitely fruit forward. This is a 19 crimes, what I like to call a QR code gimmick wine, and it is a uh, hard shard. Right. Hard, yeah, Chardonnay. Oh, that's crazy. I'm drinking a hard shard, and I just watched the episode of Parks and Rec where they talk about getting a chard on. Okay. I don't know if I remember that one. It wasn't great. Okay. Anyway, I'm a wine guy now. I'm glad to hear it. I've been a wine guy for a really long time. It's just the wine content, the alcohol content in wine is usually high, and it's very sugary, so it gives me headaches. So then I only drink it when I'm eating pasta. Oh, that's a good time to be drinking wine. You pair a a Chardonnay with maybe a pasta bolognese, or maybe uh, you pair a Syrah with a clam bake. (laughs) A whole clam bake. (laughs) And you eat entire clam bake and you slam a shirah. And you say, K shirah, shirah. Now you might ask, Henry, why has John suddenly become a wine guy? And I'll tell you. For the past 31 years of my life, I've been drinking my wine out of dinner glasses. That's right, those thick-stemmed, short-but-long glasses you're supposed to serve ice water in at dinner parties. But I've upgraded. I have wine glasses now, and must subsequently become a wine guy. Okay, so the... the you, you're arguing that the owning of the glass requires you to partake of the drink? Absolutely. I would not get my money out of this otherwise... At the ripe old age of 31, I've decided to to buy two things that I haven't bought at this point for about half my life, which is number one, new glassware that is not a recycled mason jar, and number two, a mattress. Oh, does that mean you have to sleep? I do, unfortunately, now have to sleep on a mattress that, according to my Fitbit, has significantly improved my quality of sleep. That's amazing. I'm, I'm very happy for you. Yeah, it turns out sleeping on a $45 mattress from Amazon that you bought when you first lived on your own in college is not great. It's good for a little while, but yeah, it's always good to upgrade. Yeah, this mattress is nice. It came in a... I don't want to give away any names, but it came in a box the size of a mini fridge. Oh, you got one of those box mattresses. Yeah, I I just know that every podcast out there has gotten a sponsorship from this mattress company or that mattress company, but I shall withhold its name from our listeners and its luxurious sleep benefits, which I would recommend to anyone, almost free of charge, unless we get one of those sponsorships. Right, and of course, we're asking, we're we're always actively asking for sponsorships. (laughs) The fact that we don't get any has nothing to do with the fact that we don't have enough listeners, and uh, there's no way anyone would sponsor us ever. You have to do what every successful podcast has done, uh, which is what our winning formula thus far, which is make a series of episodes 
where uh, you call people out, you forget to use the word allegedly, sometimes you slander people, uh, sometimes you call people pedophile, and then you don't say that you were kidding, but you also continuously demand sponsorships so that then when you do get a sponsor, you delete the podcast and start over once you do have a sponsor, so it seems like you always had it. And as always, apologies to Mark Marin. Always apologies to Mark Marin, because it's always fuck Mark Marin. I mean, he's, he seems to be cool these days, but like, I don't know. I don't know what he's done in the past. Yeah, no one knows what anyone has done in the past. It's impossible to tell, especially if you don't grab a good night's sleep on this kind of mattress. That's right. I would gladly disclose the name of this mattress if only they would sponsor us and let me tell you my sciatica cured my thigh gap wide my sleep deep Uh, i'm happy to hear it man i'm happy to hear it uh so when i turned 30 i i thought hey let's get into hard seltzers and then you just revealed to me some really bad things about hard seltzers so i don't know where this is gonna go Well, you know, the one thing that this podcast hopefully teaches people is there's no good reason to drink alcohol, but we do it every week, at least, and we'll never stop. (laughs) I actually took a two-day, like, mini sober time after my my party, my celebration of me becoming an old, decrepit fossil, and I felt pretty good to not drink again. (laughs) Well, look forward to January, buddy. Right? You can't be sober except in January. Or if you are sober in a month that isn't January, you're either doing sober October, which is respectable if fringe, or you're just a sober person, which people will look up to, but also kind of pity and find you weird to be around, which probably creates a barrier to additional people being sober. Yeah, that that seems like that tracks... So wait till January. Until then, bottoms up. I do want to say, though, for the record, I did sober January this year, and then look how the rest of the year has turned out. Yeah, so maybe never do that again. It was really off to a it was really off to a bad start. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to take a hundred percent of the blame of what's happening currently, but at least fifty. Uh, maybe a low 10. I'm going to say 25, and that's my final offer. All right, I'll take, I'll take 25. And shake. All right. Uh, we can't do that virtually, so I guess I'll send you a DocuSign. Uh, hooray! The world is terrible. The world is over. Speaking of a terrible world, John. Yes. You know, you could point to this or that and say, like, man, things have really gotten bad. Like, you can point to the state of the economy or, like, the, you know, the, uh, what is it called, unemployment rate or just the fact that, you know, protections against evictions ran out this today, in fact, it's September 1st. And, uh, you know, you could point to any of those things and say, man, things are getting really bad. But you know how we know things are actually getting really bad for real? Oh, how? 
Well, America's Catholic dad, as he's known. <laughs> the great, big, very clean comedian who's pasty white, might, probably is Irish, and always talks about food. That's right. I'm talking about Jim Gaffigan went on an exquisite tirade on Twitter this past August 27th. And when he is pushed to the limit to just go on a, 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 just a, so I, I took all the tweets and put it in a Microsoft document, a five page rant on Twitter. (laughs) You know, things are getting kind of bad. Uh, I refer to that night as the night Jim Gaffigan was radicalized, and I will remember it fondly, as will history. Yes, this episode's title I've been hoping could be The Radicalization of One Jim Gaffigan by the Coward Donald Trump, but we can workshop the name. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Um, So I thought it would be very fun for our, our dear fans who might not be on Twitter or who maybe missed this event to just kind of do a step-by-step, play-by-play recap of the night's activities, uh, starting with just a very innocuous tweet that just says, Rest in peace, truth. (laughs) Oh, oh, boy, that is is an an incredible uh, opening shot to indicate that the walls have come down. (laughs) Like, the tweets before this, he was promoting a show that he was about to put on in Philadelphia. It was going to be a drive-in show, so you stay in your car. It's a, it's a really cool idea that he's been he's been doing kind of across the country, adapting to these, these crazy times we're living in. And just out of nowhere, rest in peace, truth, he tweets out. And the next tweet, not even like five minutes later... Excuse me while I treat myself to confronting some asshole trolls. Now, it's, it's, it's very important to note of one Mr. Gaffigan. His comedy is very clean. He usually doesn't swear. And here he is in tweet two of the night calling trolls assholes. This is going to be indicative of what happens next. Yeah, it, it cannot be overstated how much Jim Gaffigan has thoroughly committed. He, I don't know, wholesome's a loaded term, but he is someone who very clearly has certain principles around the usage of vulgarity, especially given his platform. It would be easy for him to make a choice. Uh, right. he, made, he made a hard choice, which is to have a principled stand on when vulgarity should and should not be used. This is beyond the pale, which actually I think is the name <laughs> of one of his specials. That is the name of one of his specials. But right, the, he he wholesome. I think might be a, too far to describe him because um, he, he's not vulgar, but he, like he's clean. But he's also like there's some mean spirited stuff in there. Yeah, he gets he gets kind of crazy when it comes to bacon jokes. You know. Yeah, he goes uh, crazy. <laughs> but he absolutely does take a stand on, on vulgarity in his stand-up. Like, he doesn't use it at all, which is kind of, uh, I guess, commendable if that's your kind of bag. Uh, yeah, com- commendable in as much as anyone uh, showcasing restraint can be commendable. 
Right. I, I mean, and he obviously, I think he does it for, you know, marketing reasons. I, there's, there's a large swath of people that you can cat, you can catch with that wide of a net of being non-offensive, but still, you know, funny. Um, and then he, he, he took scissors himself and cut that net when he tweeted out, look, Trumpers, I get it. As a kid, I was a Cubs fan, and I know you stick by your team no matter what, but he's a traitor and a con man who doesn't care about you. Deep down, you know it. I'm sure you enjoy pissing people off, but you know Trump is a liar and a criminal. Oh, incredible. So in no no uncertain terms, we know now what R.I.P. truth and excuse me while I treat myself to confronting some asshole trolls is about. Because this is the third tweet of of this rant. Like, we didn't even know what he was mad about yet until this moment. He's coming out, coming out, I guess. Uh, That's a weird nomenclature, but like he's coming out against Trump in a way that we probably did not foresee happening since he is sort of like middle America. That's kind of his base for his comedy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is someone who, who could absolutely not be doing this considering the fact that he probably became a millionaire off of saying the word hot pocket in a particular way. Right. Yes. Yeah. He's the hot pocket guy and the, the bacon guy. And then recently he's been doing like a bunch of specials about traveling around the world, which like, I don't know how he pulls that off because that's some elitist stuff, but he still comes off as like your middle American, like, you know, making fun of Canadians cause they're Canadian kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, so the, the, the last tweet I read, the one where he came out against Trump, obviously, you know, a lot of people responded to it, and overwhelmingly a bunch of people said, stay out of politics. So his response to that was, by the way, you can't be against cancel culture and tell people to stay out of politics. You know that time you did a job and didn't get paid? That's Trump, and you know it. Incredible. He then goes on, like, this little mini rant of, like, telling people... To, to, you know, that your, your opinion doesn't matter and stuff like that. They say, you know, stay out of politics. They call him, you know, a rich person. So is a, is he should stay out of local politics and stuff like that. So to that, he says, I know you hate snobs and elites. I get it. But look at Ivana and that douchebag Jer- Jer- Jared. Jared, is that his name? It's a strange spelling of Jared. Uh, Jared. Don't know why he chose to spell Jared that way. Yeah. Think they are on your side? Do you think they've ever done a real day's work in their lives? Wake up. Uh, are we going to get to his replies to some of the people who commented on his uh, on his tweets? I have one saved reply because it is very good. I think you and I have the same one, so I'll let yeah. you get to it. So, I, And what I'm doing right now, th- these are all in chronological order, so I'm just reading down the play-by-play of what he's tweeted out. Uh To those of you who think I'm destroying my career, wake up. If Trump gets elected, the economy will never come back. I mean, he's not wrong. (laughs) This is the one I saw first, and I was like, oh my gosh. Jim Gaffigan. What's happened? 
what have we done to him? Mm-hmm. And, and now, it, like, he gets into, like, this weird thing. Like, he's replying to something. I'm not, I don't know quite what. Uh, but there's just a bu- kind of, like, a, a string of seemingly unrelated tweets. Uh, this one reads, You know he lies constantly, yet you don't care? What? Because he insults people that make you feel me... That make you that make you and me feel dumb, and then this one is the most the most head scratching. Fuck Lou Holtz. Biden is Catholic in name only, compared to who? How many abortions did Trump pay for? How many women has he raped? How many times did he pull the shit he did in Ukraine? Wake up! He's a crook and a con man. Uh, I don't know how Lou Holtz fits into that. I don't know who Lou Holtz is. Do you, can uh, you edify let's us? See. Notre Dame icon Lou Hulk. Lou Hulk. Lou oh, Holtz. No. Oh, fuck. Holtz. Uh, oh, he spoke at the RNC and he said that Biden was Catholic in name only. All right. Uh, presumably uh, by exclusion of mentioning Trump to make it seem like Trump was more Christian or more Catholic than Biden is, which I guess is what he's referring to. So this is a direct response to that, uh, calling out the hypocrisy that Trump has done horrible things while still kind of calling himself a Christian or really not comment. I mean, I think he's supposed to supposedly like a Presbyterian, but like <laughs> what? I mean, uh, we can't get into this, but the craziest thing, and that's saying a lot, but the craziest thing about Trump's appeal is his appeal to evangelicals because in the numbers, they love him. Uh, and he stands for literally nothing they believe. And they know that. And he also barely considers himself to be a Christian. I think the most like the most Christian thing he's ever said is like Bible. Great. Tons of good stuff in it. Yeah. Um, He held a Bible up in front of that church that one time. But it really just shows like for the most part, the evangelical vote is not a vote for uh, Christians or or characters who are Christ-like or even advance the aims of Christianity as exposed in the Bible. The evangelical right. vote is just a hardcore, almost like religious hate group that just wants to marginalize people. And in a lot of cases is not dissimilar from white supremacy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that fits in with his next tweet. What bravery from the cowards who are against equal justice wake up. Don't you know history will make you the fool? It's scary to me when someone like Jim Gaffigan does this, because I I don't know that I would ever say that Jim Gaffigan is not a wise person. Uh, he He's, like, very intelligent, and he's very savvy. So I, I think largely what has people so spellbound, at least so far at this point, in his evening of radicalization is people realize that he's, this is a man at the end of his rope. Yeah. This is a man who has tried to rationalize this and try to be civil and understanding about it when he is probably confronted every day as a lot of like quote unquote clean comics are with people saying, Oh, it's so nice that someone exists for Christian values or someone. It's so nice that someone is a good example of what a Catholic entertainer could be. So he has to live in the shoes of someone who's serving like a faith based role, but 
but he's also having to entertain those thoughts from people who have like pretty disgusting belief systems disguised as something that he very clearly cares a lot about. Right, right, for sure. You can definitely sense the desperation. Be, you know, it's because it, it, it comes all at once in the stream uh, of just like one after the other for for a couple of hours, and then like the next day he's posting promoting his show again. Like, and he, he's not he's not harping on it. Like, this is clearly like a moment of I wouldn't say weakness, but like vulnerability from him, where he's like, I can't I can't take it anymore. Uh, and there, there's all there is a follow up to this that uh, we we can talk in some detail about uh, after we get through the play by play where he he does confront the reason why he did it and it's kind of a fascinating read. Uh, but first, a lot of people kept calling him Hollywood, and he has some very strong feelings about that. Mister Jim Gaffigan says, "Can we stop with this Hollywood shit?" I'm not from Hollywood, and Hollywood is just a town. Please say coastal elites, which Trump, Jared, and Ivana are. I guess you meant Ivanka? Yeah. Um, many people are on the East and West Coasts, have different values from yours, but they don't like conmen. They don't like liars and conmen like Trump. Uh, totally fair. I think that there is this like false dichotomy about like Hollywood right. stuff, but but Trump is definitely a coastal elite. He's an oh, elitist. He was on TV before he was elected. Like he he's as much Hollywood as Jim Caffigan is. Yeah, if you're gonna call someone quote unquote Hollywood, Trump is the most Hollywood person for sure. He's the most debased and overexposed creature on the planet. So I'm going to skip forward a little bit because I, I am realizing I'm just reading these off one by one. But uh, he, here's the one that I think uh, you might have as well. Uh, <laughs> there's, so this, this is the beginning of an exchange. Uh, Jim Gaffigan says, remember everything Trump accuses the gr- Oh, Let me take that again. Yeah, this Jim- is the one. Jim Gaffigan says, remember everything Trump accuses the Democrats of, he's guilty of. Don't let the socialist name-calling distract you from the fact that he is a fascist who has no belief in law. Somebody named Karen Clark comes along and says, you probably just lost a lot of followers for this one, stick to comedy. To which Jim Gaffigan says, hey, fuck you, Karen. Perfect. Just chef kiss perfect. So Unbelievable. So Unbelievable. Yeah. It's it's poetry. We've witnessed poetry. It's like in the movie Enemy at the Gates, where you see him load the bullet into the rifle, cock it back, and fire. And that's what Jim Gaffigan did. Just full annihilation. And like stuff like this is, is like, yes, he absolutely has become radicalized because he's burning the bridges that got him here, which is great because he's going to have new bridges extending to him for finally saying the things that we, you know, that that people who have his audience should be saying, use your platform for good and stuff like that. Uh, but it's so it's so awesome to see this happening and unfolding in real time. 
my favorite thing about this is continuing on into today. Uh, and we might get into kind of like the, the denoma of his evening of radicalization, but it's continued. Uh, he'll, let's see, my best Catholics joke compilation is now up on my YouTube channel. What was your favorite joke from the compilation? Click here to watch the full clip, followed by him retweeting. Uh, well, he retweeted the Lincoln Project, which is kind of an issue. Um, but it's just about like black outrage in America. Right. And then email versus snail mail. Do people even send mail anymore who aren't serial killers? And then whoever runs the Russia slash Trump bots, same office, right? Please tell them they aren't working. Maybe direct bots at voters that are undecided. Also, I appreciate you bigots tweeting that you are no longer following me. It's inspired me to continue. Much love. (laughs) Right, right. So like he he slowed down a little bit because there's still like the old Gaffigan jokes in there. But he's definitely keeping it going for sure. I almost feel like there's this impeccable tug of war between whoever his media manager is and him, who his media manager just has like a, a Twitter log and is like, time to put up a joke compilation. got to keep <laughs> with the algorithm. And he's like, you bigots. <laughs> well, the thing is for a lot of these, these bigger, you know, for anyone with like a brand on Twitter, you have content to, to be to scheduled to go out at certain times. So like yeah. I, I think we're seeing some of that that scheduled content popping up, and then like as that gets <laughs> as that gets picked up and noticed, the actual human <laughs> sees what they're saying and is like, okay, time to do <laughs> time to continue this rampage I'm on. I love seeing that through celebrities sometimes because you really see like a man screaming inside of a machine. Exactly, that's yeah, so good. Uh, just to wrap up his his rampage, his initial rampage, uh, he says, I don't give a fuck if anyone thinks this is virtual signaling or whatever. We need to wake up. We need to call Trump the con man and thief that he is. And then he goes on. <laughs> he, like, tries to prove it. Like, he gets really. <laughs> he, he wants people to listen so much. He wants his, like, I guess the people who's, who's saying that they're leaving. He wants them to like actually wake up because he starts <laughs> explaining like Trump derangement syndrome is part of the con. Wake up. You know, Fox news is biased and full of loons. It's how they gaslight and silence criticism. Do you think any of those congressional Republicans really believe in Trump or do they fear him? Don't want to end up like flake. I wonder if, there's something noble to be said about embarking on something because there must be a subset, however small, of Jim Gaffigan fans who were pro-Trump, but also highly pro-Gaffigan. And seeing this did in some way raise doubt in their minds that may come to fruition somewhere down the line. Yeah, like, I, I, it, I'm imagining that the... the this blank slate of a person, I don't know how old they are, but they've got posters up in their room. One is Trump and one is Gaffigan and they're on their phone and they're looking at these tweets and they're looking between the posters. And then as they read more of these tweets and as Jim Gaffigan explains more of his thinking, they're leaning more toward that Gaffigan poster. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Gaffigan. 
I mean, I think that you and I, it's its far past the point where we can truly convince anyone because we are uh, steadfast in our convictions, but we would also never, we do not have the character to convince people that we would be otherwise. I think that if anyone met either of us in real life, they would probably think like, oh, they're probably like Bernie people and they right. would be right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that for people like Gaffigan, who are able to kind of ride the line and then be honest all at once. I I don't know. There, there might be tremendous value in that. Who knows how many people, you know, four or five years from now will actually internalize his message and and change their voting. Because as far as you and I are concerned, 99% of the time, I'm under the impression that you can change no one's mind, that people might as well be born with their political affiliations and they just have to be culled from the earth for us to have a better future. But there might be something to be said for the Gaffigan approach of laying in wait like a little <laughs> like a like a little pale landmine and then blowing up. Oh, so Mr. Gaffigan uh, ended his rant saying, heading to bed, but remember, if you want to sound crazy, please tell me about the deep state. <laughs> to sound stupid, please be against cancel culture, but then accuse anyone with an opinion of virtual signaling. Trump derangement syndrome is meant to distract from the con of Don. Mike Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Oh. Uh, and I think since then, he hasn't walked any of it back. I think the only thing he's walked back is his usage of, uh, of using curse words when speaking directly to his fans. But I don't think he's apologized for any of it. Right. Uh, so he has what can only be described as an epic of of a, of a Facebook post in response to his night entitled "What I've Learned Since I've Lost My Mind." Um, but you're you're right; he doesn't actually apologize for any of the political stuff. He does walk back the cursing, and there 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 are some interesting things in here. But he's still vehemently like anti-Trump and wanting people to get to 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 not vote for him. <laughs> he he ends it so just jumping to the end. I'm still digesting the whole experience and still apologizing to my wife. Oh, I can't pronounce this name, Jeannie, Jeannie for my profanity. But if you are still on the fence, I encourage you to vote not for who I want you to vote for, but for who your grandchildren would be proud you fucking voted for. Sorry, Jeannie. <laughs> Incredible. Just very, uh, what great apologetic husband energy. Apologetic, but still radicalized. Yes, there's no going back. I will say I'm not uh, the world's biggest Jim Gaffigan fan. Certainly followed him on Twitter uh, after that. Yeah, me too. Uh, just to... Uh... Oh, no, there's some QAnon stuff in here. Wait, is he saying QAnon stuff? Yeah? Oh, no, where? Uh, so he says, so let's go to go over what I learn since I lost my mind or my Thursday night tweet storm. And then point three of this bulleted list, Hollywood is a pedophile ring through numerous messages. I learned that while Trump wished Epstein's partner slash groomer, well, 
the Democrats are the ones who are supposedly pro-pedophile, it became abundantly clear that many, many people really do believe Hollywood and the entertainment industry is an, an enormous pedophile ring. I know. Oh, that's so not... it sounds like he's learned about QAnon, but it doesn't sound like he's espousing what they believe. I know that might sound absurd, but I received dozens of messages from people convinced this was true. That isn't as much of a French belief as you might think. Pizzagate wasn't a one-off. It was the tip of the iceberg. To me, it sounds like what he's saying is he's learned of the existence of this conspiracy and, and how uh, profligate it is. It doesn't necessarily sound like he's saying it's true. If I could take two sentences out of context, John, Pizzagate wasn't a one-off. It was the tip of the iceberg. Oh, no. The coming storm. Maybe what he is saying is that there are people that believe that, and there are a lot of people that believe that. And like the sentence before him saying it's not a fringe belief, there are a lot of people who believe that. Maybe that's what he's saying, but I can construe that Jim Gaffigan is a pizza gator from that paragraph. He's a pizza alligator. Oh, please, what? Pizza alligator. I hear what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, but that's fine. It's, it's strange. Like I said, I, I think I have a reading of what he meant there, but it, and you're probably it's on right. the way he chose to communicate it. Right. That's you're probably strange. Right. Um, so I recommend people find this Jim Gaffigan post and read it for themselves if you want to follow up and, and see what he thinks after the, the, the Twitter rant. Uh, but because like it's just too much to read right now, and it, a lot of it is very personal to him, and doesn't really have a bearing on what we're saying right now. Like we, we summed it up pretty well. That uh, um, he he wasn't walking any of it back, but he was putting it into context. Um, and of course, this whole thing got picked up by the media and people like Forbes. Uh, wrote articles that said why Jim Gaffigan, the world's nicest man, decided he'd finally had enough of Trump. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say one thing that I do take away from this, and and a detail that we, you might not have been able to capture um, from his, hey, fuck you, Karen, is I, I said that it was pure annihilation because if you go look at that tweet now, the original tweet no longer exists. Right. Neither does the person who tweeted it. Oh, they're just gone? <laughs> they are gone from... He annihilated them from the hell site. That's amazing. And yeah, no, if you want to have a fun time, go to, the, uh, go to Jim Gaffigan's Twitter account and go to the tweets and replies because that, hey, fuck you, Karen, is just one of like a bunch of different replies to individual people. Like he went off, not just on his main thread, but just tearing people apart in the comments. Like he, he was like, like a, like a, a Logan Wolverine in his prime slashing through people with adamantian claws, just going to town. I will say though, were I in Karen's shoes, if if a tweet that just told me to go fuck myself had 50,000 likes and 20,000 retweets, 
I would probably pack it in too. Right, yeah, no. Like, if the wrath of... Uh, <laughs> if this man, who is, is in Forbes being described as a clean comic, is turning foul words against you, <laughs> like that, that's going to hit on a whole new level of, like, hurt. And it's to- like, if I got a 50,000 like post telling me to go fuck myself from Jim Gaffigan, I'd be like, okay, I'm the Washington Generals. I just got squashed by the Harlem, the Harlem Globetrotters. It's over. I know what the narrative is. I'm gone. According to this Forbes article, he opened for the Pope. Literally. <laughs> when Pope Francis came to America in 2015, Gaffigan was an opening act in Philadelphia breaking the ice in front of nearly one million faithful. So to have that man who opened for the Pope turn around and say, fuck you, Karen, like an orbital heavenly laser hit her with the might and the wrath of God and smote her from the planet. It knocked her off the damn internet. Hell yeah. I'd never come back to the internet if the man who opened for the Pope told me to go fuck myself. Yeah, yeah. If comedy's Pope <laughs> turns on you, <laughs> for sure. I feel like, you know, change of identity, at least on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Come up with the, a, a pseudonym. The If the laugh Pope <laughs> annihilated me in that way, I could never recover. Also, her her Twitter was at love being Irish. Hmm. Oh, no. Hmm, I don't know. Irish people are pretty racist. So before I did the deep dive on Jim Gaffigan's Twitter and literally pulled each tweet one by one into a Word document just so I for sure had everything, I did a quick lazy scan like I I always do for this podcast where I know of an event, so I just type in, like, you know, Jim Gaffigan Twitter and hit that news tab on Google and scan the the headlines until I find one that was really good. Um, And so I did that first but then none of the articles had you know every tweet so then i did the deep dive but this this uh headline caught my eye and then i saw who wrote it so i'm just going to present those two pieces of information the headline reads the night that broke jim gaffigan the quote clean catholic comedian and that comes from the national catholic reporter (laughs) oh no but the funny thing is the article is very straight up. It doesn't actually, it, it like, I, you know, so much of internet journalism is just doing what we do on our podcast, which is literally tell people play by play, step by step what happened. So there's not actual a lot of ed- editorialization or forming an opinion. It's just saying, this is what happened. This is, uh, this is going to sound rude to Jim Gaffigan. But I have two thoughts. Number one, before all this happened, I had no idea that Jim Gaffigan was so highly thought of in the Catholic community. Uh, But also pretty depressing because he seems like they're one. Not that he's a bad comedian, but it seems like Catholics are like, God, fucking finally, we've got one that we can proudly say, go perform with the Pope. You don't have problems. You're our one fucking guy. Right. 
It's a heavy crown to wear to be the the patron saint of comedy in the Catholic Church. It, it's going to be interesting to see his Twitter rant about the Catholic Church, though, once he hears about all that stuff. Yeah, that would be well. I that might be a step too far for Mister <laughs> Mister Gaffigan. But yeah, probably. Look, in reading this article from the from National Catholic, whatever it was called, reporter, um, they oh, are the try- NCR. Yeah, the NCR. They're, they're trying so hard to not form an opinion, but like, <laughs> this, okay, I'm just going to read a little bit. Gaffigan has never hidden his Catholicity, his Catholicity? I've never heard of this word. Catholicism? That's the word I would use. Yeah, that's the, I, Catholic, Catholicity? Catholicity? I... I grew up in Louisiana. We're 90% Catholic. I've never heard of Catholicity. Yeah. Gaffigan has never hidden his Catholicity from his comedy. In fact, he's just, he's done just the opposite in making it one of the common topics he turns to again and again in his acts. He's told jokes about the Pope. He's told jokes for the Pope. He's told jokes about telling jokes for the Pope. The Gaffigans have a large Catholic family of five children. He's told jokes about them, too. In recent years, they have taken their full family on tour with them, and they talk openly about their faith, especially as Jeannie Gaffigan overcame a brain tumor. She even wrote the foreword for a handbook on Catholic hipsters. <laughs> this is incredible. What a this One of my favorite things about a certain kind of journalism, which is highly niche journalism, when they're covering certain things, it's just a statement of facts. It's just a series of statements, of factual statements, because they are terrified of taking a side. Yeah, no, and and absolutely, this article does not take a side one way or the other. It is 100% just a statement of facts, including, and not limited to, just (laughs) detailing how Catholic Gaffigan is for no other reason but to say the man was Catholic. And readers, that man was Catholic. Jim Gaffigan, Catholic, took to Twitter on Saturday night uh, in a vulgarity-laden <laughs> rant against President Donald Trump, the Catholic Jim Gaffigan, who is Catholic. Right. <laughs> Large I'm still Catholic... taken aback. <laughs> Sorry, you go. Oh, I'm just still taken aback by Catholicity, which is apparently a real word uh, used in a dictionary. Uh, is it the Catholic dictionary for Catholics? Hold on. Uh, it it actually is a Catholic dictionary. <laughs> Webster's Catholic dictionary. <laughs> it's very different. I mean, it's pretty much the same as Webster's regular dictionary, but it makes it abundantly clear it is Catholic. Yeah, I actually like this paragraph in this in this Catholic article. It, it kind of redeems it a little bit. Uh, by morning, stories and posts continued to re- react to the out of character post. Many praised him for speaking out, with some writing that he gave voice to the moral urgency of the moment. Fellow comedians came to his defense, standing up for his character, but also arguing the severity of the situation to push Gaffigan to go off. Like, 
that's towing the line to the extent that you're not making a statement about his actions, but like you're leaning kind of toward the supporting him side. Yeah, a little bit, a little tiny bit. Not mentioned in that paragraph I just read was the outcry of all of his fans who told him his career was over. Like they didn't mention that. Now, does that National Catholic Reporter article end with fuck you, Karen? No. Uh, it ends in, like... You know, sometimes you, you meet these people who are kind of like, they're never going to stand up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, even when, like, the bully, like, pushes them down and steals their girl, and they're just kind of like, oh, okay, if that's what you want to do, honey. That's kind of what I'm reading into this last line for this article. The jokes may be beyond the pale, but Gaffigan's... Nah. Uh, <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, fuck. <laughs> the jokes may be beyond the pale, mm-hmm. but Gaffigan's views on the coming election were as clear as day for everyone to see. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like thing- it. The news story that we reported to you just now was observable <laughs> to all. <laughs> On the public forum, which J- which Gavigan <laughs> used to express his opinion, the one thing this reporter can say is people were made aware of his opinion. <laughs> the news story that I just reported happened. <laughs> uh, incredible. Uh, I will say, though, it's it's very scary to think, you know, there's a lot of civil unrest happening right now. So what if Gaffigan's, let's call it an outburst. <laughs> okay. What if Gaffigan's outburst turns the Catholics out into the street? <laughs> what are they going to do? Well, the last time they were turned out in the street, we had a series of bonfires of the vanities. So oh, no. <laughs> who knows what's going to happen this time? Uh, not entirely sure. Bonfires of the iPads? <laughs> they just start burning. They. I don't know if comedy albums are still a thing, but I do know that Spotify sometimes carries comedy albums. <laughs> oh no, so Bonfire they, of the Spotify. <laughs> they take to the street and en masse cancel their Spotify accounts. I mean, what was the bonfire of the vanities about, really? Burning objects that tempted people to sin, right? Right. And I don't know if you've ever smelled a three-foot-tall burning pile of fleshlights, but nobody Um, wants to. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I'm just saying, they might do it again. And to further submit your point, John, that he has not backed off nine hours ago as of the recording of this podcast... Mr. Gaffigan tweeted out, Can you imagine if a president bizarrely claimed a highly contagious virus would just, quote, disappear like 30 times over six months, and then the virus didn't just disappear? Nobody in their right mind would vote to reelect that level of incompetence. I'm. It, it's so interesting to me because it... It's, he's definitely got it, like he figured it out. But he he seems so... He's in a stage that we gave up. 
he he's in a stage because he's coming to it later than everyone else because he's just now using his platform for it. But it's a stage we were all in like two years ago, right? Where, where we appealed to reason. His level of incredulity we, we can all identify with as of about two years ago. It's very interesting because, of course, Mr. Gaffigan is a very affluent at this point man, and you know that's not. There's nothing detrimental about that. Like everything about his career, I think he's been doing in the right way. His wife has been his writing partner since, partner since like the beginning. They go on tour together. He's got five kids, and like even though he makes jokes about being a bad dad, you can tell that he's you know he's not the worst father in the world. Like mm-hmm. everything he's done seems to be good. And the fact that he is waking, even him is waking up. That would be like, if we rewound the clock, you know, 30 years. And, uh, this, this analogy is not going to work. And it's also going to be really misinformed. And also, I don't know how to finish it, but if Bill Cosby came out against the war crimes that Bill Clinton did because he was president at the time, it would be like that, sort of. And also, please don't correct me. Uh, well, since you're not open to correction, I have no option but to agree. No, please correct me. Ronald Reagan, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> what? Are you saying <laughs> I am completely out of my depth? But it's like I would liken. It's like if a serial predator that we have convicted came I out said- against a serial <laughs> predator that we have not yet convicted. I said, "Rewind the clock." We didn't know yes, at the exactly. time. <laughs> yes. So what we're saying is that Jim Gaffigan. No. Is- <laughs> Don't finish that sentence. I know where it's going. Okay. Okay. I'm not... Okay. It's like if Louis C.K. came out against... I'm trying to think of a wholesome comedian who was like America's dad in a way. Uh, Carrot Top? No. (laughs) Carrot Top was never America's dad. Um... Who's Al Bundy? Was he just a character on a show? Yeah, he was just a character on Home Improvement, I believe. That's not Home Improvement. No, Al Bundy was... Married uh, with Children. Yes, not America's Dad. Not America's Dad? Okay, it's like if... Okay, here we go. (laughs) It's like if Charlie Chaplin... (laughs) Okay. And, again, this is gonna be wrong... (laughs) Because I don't know when he was popular. Okay. Came out against Hitler. <laughs> he did, though. He did do that. The great oh, dictator. He did we listen? Did we listen to <laughs> uh, You know, the, the we're still out. I don't know if you listen. <laughs> All right, but it would be like if Charlie Chaplin came out against Hitler and said, Hey, this isn't a very good guy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so once again, what we're saying is Jim Gaffigan, exactly like Charlie Chaplin, and that he married his wife when she was 14. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> There's are no there, good men, Henry. You can't find no a good virtuous one. virtuous men? There are no virtuous men. Oh no. It's a minefield. Buster Keaton. 
Okay. Can I give... Wait. Are we just doing movie stars? What? America's dad type people. It's like if Tom Hanks... Oh my god, how did I skip over Tom Hanks? It's like if Tom Hanks came out against the multitudinous war crimes... Uh, there's really... It's hard to pick a president that hasn't done those. <laughs> well, just give a for instance that's con- contemporaneous to him, because that's all I was uh, trying to do. Uh, let's just do George W. Bush. Right. Yeah, there we go. It's like if Tom Hanks came out against the multitudinous war crimes of George W. Bush or Barack Obama or the or other Bill George Clinton, W. Bush or, Ronald or Bill Reagan, Clinton or Ronald or Reagan or George H.W. Bush uh, Howard Taft or Nixon. Who? <laughs> 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 Grover Cleveland. <laughs> wow. You know, this is a sentence I never thought I would say, but it's harder to pick a virtuous president than it is to pick a virtuous male celebrity but not by much by not yeah the margins are thin and who knows uh tom hanks drinks the blood of babies apparently i jim gaffigan learned this adrenochrome adrenochrome baby uh well best of luck to jim gaffigan i for one am happy uh and am looking forward to see the continuation of of his career as a radicalized left-leaning uh hollywood wait holly weirdo as they call him i'm looking forward to jim gaffigan becoming the next big titty leftist gun girl on twitter right that would require some surgery but i I don't know i haven't seen him with a shirt off in a while (laughs) i don't think i've ever i don't think i (laughs) where is this sentence going (laughs) I don't know, Henry. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't know how to get out of the Jim Gaffigan bit, but uh, it's good, and I hope it continues. Neither does Jim Gaffigan, judging by his stand-up. Uh, oh, boy. I mean, uh, just, well, I look, <laughs> I look forward to his specials, future tweets. I look forward it. to his future tweets, which are half, here's my bird joke compilation, bird quickly joke. followed uh, by him making a post about Medicare for all. Yeah. I, I feel that, that you're trying to pull away from the Jim Gaffigan topic. So just to wrap it up, all I have to say in summation is a uh, hot pocket. Oh, there we go. Now you're a millionaire. <laughs> you cast the Jim Gaffigan millionaire spell. Hot pocket. Uh, next, you should, uh, to this is uh, offensive to Jim Gaffigan, who I know listens, say hop-hock in a weird way, and then for a long period of time, sound like you're unsure about something. It's comedy gold. I mean, he found a formula that works. Just, you speak for the audience, and make it sound like your audience doesn't like you, but still turned up anyway. <laughs> Yeah, and what's he saying about Hot Pockets? This guy, his hair is like the baby bird, and I don't know what's going. I have not seen a Jim Gaffigan special, and I shit you not, 10 years. Right. Uh, but I can guarantee you that it's still A-plus yeah. material. Yeah, and I mean, it's funny when he does it. Yeah. And he's like... What's that supposed to mean? That's a lot of, qu- that's a lot of jokes about Hot Pockets. 
doesn't look well i don't know it's it's it, it the a lot of comedians do the self-deprecation thing but him giving like a personified voice to it just works on a different level yeah he really nailed it he nailed it and it became his thing forever yes i mean you know if i had one thing that i could do every day and become a trillionaire i'd do it right i don't think he's a trillionaire uh i'm sorry grillionaire <laughs> because he grills? Yeah, he's a millionaire who grills. All right. Well, let's say goodbye to Mr. Gaffigan. Thank you for being a guest in our minds. Uh, we will send you the bill. Yes, our minds have a lot of rent, and also your uh, eviction protection has expired. Yeah, limited space. Limited space in this mind. We got plenty of people we can rent to, and you know it. We gave you the three days notice. Uh, that's all we have to give legally, even though we're in the midst of a pandemic. So uh, yeah. kindly fuck off. And, uh, and I know during, I know before the pandemic, we really didn't do anything about rent. But during the pandemic, for some reason, we send out mass text messages saying that rent is due. Uh, and it's not that landlords are evil. Just, you know, it's a commodity. I mean, look, I got to pay my bills and I saved no money and I expect you to have saved six months worth of money. So, you know, don't let my problem not be yours. You're the solution to my problem is what I'm saying. Yeah, look, I'm just saying this wouldn't be an issue for you if you had planned ahead. Now, please pay me money because I operate my businesses in such a way that I never have any money saved up because I did not plan for this. (laughs) I get that these are unprecedented times, but fuck you. Your protection is gone. The Congress can't hear you scream. I get that these are unprecedented times, but this is business as usual. Right. It's it's kind of sad what's happening to certain people. I'm just saying, the solution is, uh, I don't know, there was this, uh, there was this Chinese philosopher long ago who had some kind of solution to our landlord problems, but I can't. You know, I can't I can't put my my finger on his name. Just probably look up like China landlords and you'll probably get your answer. Oh, something happened? Oh, you know, just look it up later. You'll probably find the you'll probably find what I'm talking about. I saw something truly disgusting the other day. Ha huh, truly. Oh, cuz I'm drinking truly's. No, but this was a a, a notice posted on a tenant's door and it was like a Microsoft Word document with like clip art and everything. And it started out with like, guess who guess who's gonna be looking for a new house? You are. Oh boy. If you don't pay by this date, you have you'll be evicted immediately. And like lucky for the tenant that the way that the notice was worded was completely against uh, you know, what like tenant landlord laws in that in that um state and city because like Mm -hmm. they're supposed to get at least three days notice or whatever 
Um, so luckily, like they, you know, the landlord, and it went viral because, of course, it did because it was so god awful. So like the landlord had to rescind it, and they're like, "Oh no, no, it's fine, it's fine. They can they can have more time to pay the now that we're we've been publicly embarrassed, and, and like everyone knows how shitty we are." They can have all the time in the world now that yeah. we've been called out for our shitty, shitty behavior. I mean, this is something that landlords have never done before, which is engage in years worth of illegal practices and then only change those when publicly shamed or sued. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's a uh, landlord. Landlording is a bad occupation. I, it was always attractive to me uh, to own property and rent it because, um, you know, passive income. That's the dream, right? Getting money for doing nothing. Yes. But the realities of landlording, uh, I, I went through with a friend who inherited some property in a different state. And what he went through was like, okay, so there's maintenance on the property and then you're responsible for all repairs and your tenants may not pay on time and all this other stuff. Like it turned out to be a full-time job on top of the full-time job he had. So he was like, fuck this. I'm selling the properties. I'm cashing out and I'm just going to buy a house for myself. So it's not that attractive to me anymore. I mean, one could almost say that passive income is endemic of an economic system that doesn't work uh, because you're you're getting money for no labor. Right. I mean, the only people who do that are uh, people who game the stock markets. Yeah, people who game the stock markets or Jeff Bezos or anyone who's figured out a way to exploit people for their labor without giving them any labor back. That's passive income. What? Jeff Bezos totally pays Jim Gaffigan for all of his Amazon specials. That's why they're the same. Oh, no. It's like Jeff Bezos came out against Hitler. (laughs) Are you making fun of my analogy skills and my lack of history knowledge? Now, Henry, you might remember that we talked about there being something in this episode that you're not going to like. Oh, that's right. You were going to take over the podcast with that knife you have. Yes, and we only talked about Jim Gaffigan for an hour. Uh, Now, thankfully, what I'm about to tell you won't take too long, but it is something that uh, I think we owe it to our listeners based on what we talked about in the last episode. Oh, right. Flight Simulator? Uh, Not that. Uh, Flight Simulator is the worst. But what we do owe to our fans is to talk about, remember how we lauded DC, which I believe stands for Dandelion Cartel Comics. Right. For the, the famous Dandelion Cartel that makes their drugs out of dandelion weeds. Exactly. Uh, And we lauded them for their movies. They're Harley Quinns. They're Batmans. They're Iron Mans. They're the Incredible Hulks. They're Captain Marvels, etc. What the fuck? None of those were DC heroes. We talked about how they were winning this fight, Tortoise and the Hare strategy. They had given up the idea of a cinematic universe, so they were going to take over. And of course, we extrapolated that out in the only way that made sense, which is to say when they fall, 
the power vacuum will be taken up by the Dooku. Right. Or the Deuce, the Deuceu. The Deuceu. Uh, the Dooku is the on... Dark Universe Cinematic Universe. The exactly. Deuceu is the DC Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it's the Dooku and the the Dooku. Well, uh, two C's next to each other kind of sounds like an S, maybe? Desu, there's the Desu. Desu? Which is the DC Cinematic Universe. There's the Dooku, the Dark Universe Cinematic Universe. Uh, and of course, there's the Do CU, which is an alternate pronunciation of the Dark Universe Cinematic Universe. Why would you do that to us? However, I forgot. This is on me because my Nostradamus like powers of prediction were miscalibrated. Oh no. I was talking about how the Dark Universe Cinematic Universe was going to take over, but I did not realize that something that we talked about on this very fucking podcast that we're on right now, that those chickens have come home to roost, that there is a Cinematic Universe in the wings waiting for the DC to fuck up after the release of Robert Pattinson's Batman, Robert Paddington's Batman. And... It's been percolating. And the brightest star in Hollywood, in the industry, the brightest star in our personal acclaim has been telling us for months leading up to its release how vitally important this character, this world, and this universe is. James Bond? No! Bloodshot! Oh! Bloodshot! The Vin Diesel vehicle that... Came out right as COVID happened. That's right. Bloodshot. The first installment. The Iron Man of the Valiant Comics Cinematic Universe. The Vicu? The Vicu. (laughs) Came out March 24th. Pretty much the day that our city went into lockdown. I remember because... uh... Oh, uh, 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 an Austin-based film reviewer who I follow on Twitter actually went to the release of that uh, uh, of Bloodshot because this was very early days of the uh, you know the pandemic, and they the theater they went to for the premiere had like trouble uh, getting the film to play for a premiere. Oh boy! And so it didn't happen. And so he tweeted out, okay, Bloodshot, I'm sorry, I couldn't stick around. I'll catch you sometime later. And then COVID happened, and I don't think he ever actually saw Bloodshot. So I want, here's the thing. This is this has been a dark horse. No one realized this entire time. Oh, the last it. movie. Dark horse. To be, the last movie. <laughs> To be released before the coronavirus in the Valiant Comics Cinematic Universe, the only one so far, Bloodshot, has been tearing it up. It has been destroying all expectations. Listen to these numbers. Since it's released, the day the coronavirus was also released. Not true. It was here since January. But the budget of Bloodshot was $45 million. Pretty low. However, the box office for Bloodshot 
What do you want to hear first, domestic or international? I'll give you domestic first. $37.3 million. Now you might be saying, that's less money than it costs to make it. And I will say that is true. That is a true statement. However, do you know how much money Bloodshot made internationally? I'm going to ballpark it at $144 million. Okay. In the times since its release of reporting, Bloodshot made international about $34,000. That's nothing. <laughs> um, so Bloodshot is going to be really high. Bloodshot has been destroying the box office. People could not, you might say it was dangerous for Bloodshot to come out with it because people were ripping the doors off of theaters to crowd into close environs in the dark to breathe and cough on each other to see Bloodshot. And it blew all expectations clean out of the water. What are you describing? It doesn't seem real. Bloodshot. Wait. <laughs> Hold on. Bloodshot has since been released in China and made $2 million. Okay, that's pretty good, actually. Okay. So, you know... Doing pretty all right. Compare it to its closest competition, 2008's Venom. Is that its closest competition? <laughs> you know, dark heroes, unknown characters in these cinematic universes. Okay. Uh, okay. Venom made just $850 million. I feel like those numbers are vastly different. Look, maybe we'll compare it. To the fate of the Furious, which made one point two billion. That can't be right. One point two billion? Yeah, one point two billion dollars. Furious Jesus Seven Christ. made one point five billion. These movies make money, but what I'm saying billion is, with a B. Bloodshot has been tearing up the theaters on it a has... level you, you can't believe. <laughs> I can't and... believe it because it's not true. Vin Diesel in his bloodshot, super healing, superhuman body is on the horizon, sneaking up on the DC Cinematic Universe. And I'm saying just you wait, because eventually we're going to end up with an entire Valiant Comics Cinematic Universe. I think we've probably done this bit before, but can you wait for Archer and Armstrong or Shadow Man? Okay, when Bloodshot came out, you did this bit already. <laughs> Magnus Robo. Shut up. I forgot. <laughs> I straight up forgot. Nobody knows to, these heroes. We have to. They're going to know this one. We have to make Bloodshot a success because we have to. Have to. Does that. I, I heard how emphatic you are. You like slammed your hand a little bit. Um, does that mean. And uh, I don't mean to put more on our plate because. God knows we're never going to get to all of this. But does that mean we have to do a supplemental reading on Bloodshot? We have to do a supplemental reading on Bloodshot because we have to strike while the iron is hot. Right. So you've got 
a supplemental reading of Bloodshot, a supplemental reading of uh, uh, Justice League, Better Luck Tomorrow, and Justice League, which I do believe we have to do four times? Yeah, original cut, extended theatrical cut, Schneider cut, four parts, uh, so so that's four episodes, one for each part, and then Schneider cut four four hours. Right. Okay. And Bloodshot. Okay. That's a pretty good slate. I'm feeling good about it. We might even be able to knock out Bloodshot before the end of the year. Is it out on have... home video? Yes. With a Stars subscription, or you can buy it for $20. But stars? To... Stars. You know, Spartacus, Blood and Sand. We have to make... We have to make Bloodshot a success because if Bloodshot is a success, we will finally get a Turok movie. Turok is in Valiant Comics. Turok motherfucking Dinosaur Hunter is a Valiant Comics character. We did this bit and we had that same realization. The last I time just had it again. <laughs> the last time we talked about Bloodshot. We had the same exact conversation with the same exact realization, and Turok is always when I get on board. So absolutely, we have to do this. I want a Turok movie, a Native American fighting dinosaurs. What better way to get representation and just awesome storytelling, a two-for-one combo in one, and this climate where it's absolutely what we need right now. Turok, Bloodshot, Mr. Robot, uh, um, Danny, Danny Darkman, what the other ones you said. Yeah, Danny Darkman. Now, if we get a Turok movie, we will eventually, of course, get its dark Logan-like sequel, just called Turok, not Turok Dinosaur Hunter. And uh, the opening line of the trailer is, I was Turok. Oh, no. Not I am Turok. Wow. Pretty strong stuff. Will Johnny Cash's rendition of uh, Hurt play as well? Uh, It will not be Johnny Cash's rendition of Hurt. It will be a bunch of young girls singing a somber rendition of Hanging on the Telephone. Okay. By the way... uh, Oh, no, wait. It's going to be... It's going to be Sad Girl's rendition of Everybody Walk the Dinosaur. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. But by the way, uh, so, you know, the New Mutants came out. And uh, they they pushed really hard on that that advertising campaign because, like, like the week leading up to its release, every ad I got on Hulu was a New Mutants trailer. And you would think maybe they would abandon the the slow, somber rendition of uh, Brick in the Wall, Pink Floyd's Brick in the Wall. Uh, But no, they leaned into it really hard. And that was the only, like, soundtrack of all of the commercials I saw for New Mutants. They're like, hey, we paid this Hungarian women's choir to sing this version of Another Brick in the Wall, and we are doubling and tripling down. Yeah. Apparently, I've seen some bad things about that movie, not just like, you know, it's a bad movie, but like apparently one of the characters is like overtly racist? Oh, weird choice. Weird Weird choice in these times. Well, the thing is, it was filmed two years ago. Yeah. 
when racism was still a-okay. Yeah, racism racism was fine. It's crazy because there's this whole scene in the movie where they're fighting a sentinel and um, the girl with a sword uh, cuts its head off and then looks at the camera and says, yeah, black lives don't matter. Yeah, you're talking about the character Magic, a.k.a. Ilana? Sure. Yeah, played by Anna Taylor-Joy. Not Anna DeJoy, the I was, daughter of look, There was a lot DeJoy. of things happening. Joy was in the news a lot. Leave me alone. Anna I get Taylor it. It was Joy. a big week. Apologies. Anna DeJoy. God damn it. Apologies to Anna Taylor-Joy's people who reached out. They absolutely did not. And told us that I got it wrong. Anna Taylor-Joy, my favorite Indian comedian. Walking Remember that time deep? I called Kamal Nanjiani Indian? Uh, right. Times. He's Pakistani. Pakistani. No, I know he's Pakistani. I, I know that now. He speaks Urdu, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, okay. I only speak one language. Yep, <laughs> same. Uh, but I think with that little bit of a... So, like, was that your demands that we talk about Valiant Comics? Yeah, and my one demand was to let you know that Bloodshot did come out. I know it came out. I... Yeah. I Reception, by the way, on this movie is very strange. A lot of people, like, hate it, but a lot of people say it's, like, totally enjoyable. So we'll see. What's his gimmick? Uh, he is a super soldier that heals really fast, but does not have blades coming out of his hands. And also, he's a genius, but somehow he's played by Vin Diesel. Oh, that seems harsh to Vin Diesel. I'm just saying Vin Diesel's characters typically don't have like a cyber genius kind of quality to them. That's more of an Idris Elba kind of thing. Or a Jeffrey Wright. Or a Jeffrey Wright, yeah. I guess you got Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey um, Wright Bloodshot? Jeffrey Wright Bloodshot. He shoots someone with a uh he shoots someone with a rocket launcher and then like looks down his glasses at them. I feel like Jeffrey Wright's gonna be Jim Gordon in that Robert Pattinson movie. That'd be cool. I don't quote me on that, but I feel like that's right. I know nothing about it. Yeah. So you might as well be right. Anyway. You might as well be so, Jeffrey right. Look forward to the future when uh, we do just a bunch of supplemental readings. We haven't done a supplemental reading, it seems like, in a very long time. And yeah, not since the beginning of COVID. We need to kind of like stall a little bit because we are getting dangerously close to episode 200. <laughs> Yes, we definitely need a supplemental reading in there somewhere. Yeah, so like Joy Luck Club, we could easily do for sure. Um, the rest, I'll, I'll kind of hinge on one, getting access to like uh, Bloodshot, and then the, the Schneider Cut's not coming out till 2021, so I don't think that's going to save us. Yeah, no, that one's going to be... That's a shame. Yeah. I'm just uh, doing a quick, uh, just doing a quick. You get that new, here. You got that new projector. Like you could do a showing for for multiple people. Just doing a quick. Uh, so while he stalls, wait. Uh, John got a projector and he turned the back of his his house into a movie screen, and it's really cool, and I love it. 
Yeah, we can watch Bloodshot. You got a you got a you got a beat yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can watch Bloodshot. I got a star subscription. That's what I was doing. Oh, you do? Uh, yeah, that's that's what I was doing. Okay, I don't trust you, but I trust you all the same. Oh wow, this is really good quality. Okay. Anyway, you're watching it right now. Yeah, it so looks like a pretty good movie. Suddenly, your connection just drops, and we get no <laughs> audio for you. Oh no. Uh, the ATF um, breaks down my door. Oh, the alcohol firearm? Who's the ATF? Alcohol, tobacco, and films. I knew it was something like that, but it seems like we're coming toward this This podcast train is pulling into the, the end of the episode station, and it's time for us to gather all of our loved ones and say a, 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 a heartfelt goodbye to everything That's... and everyone we talked about tonight. Yeah, uh, I don't remember everything we talked about, nor everyone, but I think I can do a pretty good job. And that's good that you think you can do that, because it's your turn. Let's go. I thought we weren't discussing turns anymore. I didn't say who was editing the episode, but now... Uh, but you've got it, you've got it, though? You've got it, it this week? Because I'm packed. I have no room. Really? I cannot. I cannot edit an episode this week. Really? Why? There's so much going on. Please go into detail. Uh, I just have so much going on. So if you could just make it clear that you're the one editing the episode, that would really take a load off me. If you could just uh, explain why you're busy. Uh, You know, just... uh, You heard of Earth Defense Force? (laughs) Yes, it's my turn to get at the episode, but I said we weren't doing this anymore on air! Nice, Henry. You broke your own rule. That means I have to do the social media plugs. If you want to send us a series of tweets uh, decrying a political figure uh, (laughs) that you do not understand why people support, you can do so on Twitter.com at the real. Jim Gaffigan, just kidding, at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. Zero Credits Podcast with Henry and Jim Gaffigan. That's right. And if you want to send us an email, perhaps an email about the deep state, uh, you can do so on Zero Credits at what? No. Email. Yeah, what? Oh, you got it right. Fuck, you got it right. God damn it. You can do that on email at zerocredits.net. It's a website, but it don't have nothing on it. We are on Spotify. You can search for zero credit open parentheses, S, close parentheses, parentheses or parentheses. Oh, one is just called a parentheses. Fuck you, Karen. We are also on Apple Podcasts. Search for zero credits podcast in the Apple podcasts one of the best ways people can learn about the show is if you like and comment on apple podcasts because i guess apple is still a platform that people consume media on we are not associated with epic game store or the unreal engine so yes we still support apple yes i know what that means and the most important thing about our show is that it's good. So if you want to tell people how good our show is, you can do that with your mouth because word of the mouth 
is the only way we can survive. So if you tell everyone you know about the show, then probably some people will listen to the show. And then, assuming we keep up the charade every episode of telling those people to tell other people, then naturally they... If they do do that, there are a lot of assumptions here, but if they do do that, then perhaps other people will listen to the show. And then after an undisclosed period of time, a greater number of people will be listening to the show. And then ideally, we will finally be able to get a mattress sponsorship and I can stop sleeping on a box the size of a mini fridge. You got a new mattress. No, it's just the box the size of a mini fridge. I didn't oh, get the mattress. You just got the box? Yeah. I might have missed that concept. It was confusing. It was confusing in the ads because they said it comes in a box the size of a mini fridge. And I thought they meant like it comes in the form of. Right. Like how God will come in the form of a burning bush in the Catholic Bible. It, yeah. And from everyone here at the Zero Credits Studio Apartments, uh, we're desperately looking for a house, so who cares about these features? We want to wish you a happy week. Oh, God. Oh, wait, bye. Goodbye and good luck. Wine made me combative and warm. This room is very warm.